RB1 has entered the draft. The Senior Bowl's got a new quarterback. We saw history in the bowl games. And what are the best Christmas movies? All that and more tonight on the Draft Countdown Podcast. Tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host Brian Bosarge. As always, with me, my co-host Shane P. Hallam. Shane, one hundred and twenty-six days, twenty-two hours, fifty-eight minutes, and twenty seconds away from the twenty twenty-three NFL Draft. We're knee deep in bowl season, which means we're getting knee deep in NFL draft season. As we have players still declaring, going back to school. The NFL is starting to wrap up. That number one overall pick almost locked up. Uh, might be locked up here. And in this next week or two, so it's it's it, I, I just can't wait. We're in the NFL draft time, and everyone's moved into that uh, section that we've been here for months. Shane, how'd you like that snazzy new video entry? That that was good. Dwight Dwight Peebles, a good friend of of mine, and both of us uh, made that for us. He's uh, spectacular, and I, I loved it. I, I think it got me hyped up. Like I was feeling it, you know, more than I ever have. No offense, Brian. Uh, to, to your intros in the past or or the lovely, <laughs> you know, generic one that we slapped on for so long. <laughs> yeah, it is good stuff, Dwight. Appreciate uh, appreciate you hooking us up with that. Uh, as always, if you're uh, live in the chat tonight, drop a question there. We'll answer it at the end of the show or send it to us on Twitter at Draft Countdown or join the Draft Countdown Discord. You can find a link to that at DraftCountdown.com on the search bar there in the top right-hand corner. Uh, join us ask us any question there we'll answer it either in the discord or live at the end of this show tonight uh as always and good good fun and discussion there over on the discord channel uh you mentioned that the number one pick shane was just about wrapped up i believe it can be wrapped up this week if i'm correct if the texans lose uh i think they will lock it down they've lost nine consecutive games um but they sit at the top with the one twelve and one record. Chicago has lost seven in a row, but they could have won several of these games that they have lost. They're just they're a few players away, and they've got their quarterback already. Uh, Seattle sitting here at number three, uh, thanks to their trade for, uh, trade of Russell Wilson, and Denver has just not been good. The Rams uh, not been good either, coming off the Super Bowl, and thanks to the Matt Stafford trade, the Detroit Lions who currently are on the cusp of the playoffs, uh, will pick fourth. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, just bad injury luck for them and just maybe just bad coaching and bad play in general. 
in some spots, but they sit at four and ten in the fifth spot. Uh, the Colts uh, four nine and one, turning to uh, Nick Foles at quarterback this week to try to right the ship. Maybe win a couple of games here. The Falcons and Panthers and Saints are all five and nine. One game out of first in the NFC South, but all sit currently with top 10 draft picks. But of course, Philly uh, gets the Saints pick if they, uh, uh, well, they get the Saints pick no matter what. And picking 10th, the the Raiders. Shane, uh, have you ever seen anything like the ending of that Raiders Patriots game last week? I, I will never, I'll never forget the ending of that game. I just blow. This, this weekend of NFL football was some of the best that I've seen the Vikings historic comeback. I mean, it, it, was, it was a crazy weekend. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's Nick Foles going to play this week and uh, Trace McSorley starting for the Cardinals. So I'm not oh, sure if those God. teams are getting any better. And, you know, I'm making a prediction here. Houston wins this weekend. They beat Malik Willis and the Tennessee Titans. Well, uh yeah, the Bengals and Jaguars both came back from 17 points down to win their respective games last week. Um, and since we're in the Christmas mood today, I saw a great meme in regard to the Raiders-Patriots game. It showed Chandler Jones as the reindeer and Mac Jones as grandma. <laughs> that, that was good. That, that was good stuff. Uh, good stuff. But, yeah, so that's the top ten of the draft order this week. Uh, Shane going on the record that the Texans will not lock up the first – uh, first overall pick this week. Yeah, yeah, that's my prediction. I'll pretend like it didn't happen if they lose. <laughs> uh, who's in, who's out of the 2023 NFL draft this week? Uh, some underclassmen, major underclassmen uh, declared for the draft this week. Shane, probably none better for you especially. And uh, is this one uh, – I saw it all over that 101 in the rookie drafts uh, here for the – for the uh, dynasty uh, fantasy guys, Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas, has entered the uh, draft class. Yeah, I mean, I, I I tweeted on Twitter. I mean, I think Bijan's on pace to be my highest graded running back in like twelve years or so since Trent Richardson. He's five star recruit, number one overall recruit at running back, and he's from day one been just dominant in college football. Catches the ball. He's big. He's agile. He's got enough speed. Like he has the full package. I, I just think he's going to step into the NFL. Not only do, is, do I, is he the top rookie pick in fantasy leagues, I think he's the top running back in fantasy leagues right now. I'd rather have him than Jonathan Taylor on my fantasy team. Wow. Uh, two other running backs uh, declared one of these is better than the other. Uh, Sean Tucker from Syracuse has entered this draft class, and I think he gets drafted uh, on day three, but is he a Banaconda from Pitt? Uh, has entered his name into the class as well. Yeah, I mean, Izzy Banaconda had a really good year. Some two two hundred yard games. He's uh, was a track athlete in high school. I think he'll run really well. So um, maybe flirts with day two, but I, I'm with you. I think day three he goes. Sean Tucker, I'm really interested. I think he's another one that's going to have good workouts. Can catch the football. I know he's a favorite of yours early this season, and, and what he did for, for a team like Syracuse is big. So I think. This running back class, almost everyone is declaring. It's it's a really deep group, and I think we're going to get 20-ish drafted. Nice. Uh, the other notable underclassman that declared uh, LSU defensive lineman Jaquelin Roy uh, entered his class. I know you were high on him early in the season. Are you still there? 
Yeah, I'm still there. He's kind of gone up and down a little bit. Uh, he's had some good games and, and fallen back. I, in my, I think I have him ranked 11th in my defensive line rankings, but 315, big, uh, holds it well, athletic for his size. I think he's an intriguing round three, round four defensive line. Um, two players, I mean, a lot of players announced they're either going back or entering the portal, but the two that uh, we're going to focus on here, uh, first from Washington, uh, Zion Tupuola Fatui uh, was a talent, was uh, two years ago, potential top 10 pick uh, coming off the edge, but had the injury in his third year and this year and basically coming back from the injury, he's basically saying he's not ready yet or he got a bad grade. The NFL saying you need to go back or something, but uh, hasn't been as productive, I don't believe, since the injury. No, he he hasn't. I think that's a good call going back to school. I imagine he got that not round one or two grade and said, I feel like I can be a, a second round pick at least. Uh, and I think next year's 2024 edge class, um, it, it's just okay. So I think he has a chance maybe to be a second round pick next year. And finally, the big return this week, obviously uh, for college football in general and maybe the NFL draft, uh, is Bo Nix, uh, former Auburn quarterback, had a great season for Oregon this year, uh, going to be in that 2024 class. Shane, uh, you tweeted that you think he's a top five quarterback right now for 2024? I, I do, and, and a lot of that is we haven't seen a lot of these 2024 quarterbacks with these older guys sticking around for so long, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, I think um, outside of the players that we kind of have seen, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Quinn Ewers, I like Michael Penix more, who also went back to school. You know, then you're talking about the guys that have returned, Bo Nix, um, Jordan Travis from Florida State, KJ Jefferson, Arkansas. So, um, yeah, I have Bo Nix at five in my 24 rankings. There you go. Uh, Senior Bowl was light on names this week, but, I mean, when you get to that roster size that they're currently looking at, they're just – we're going to start seeing tricklers now. They're basically – I think they're holding – the spots left, they're holding out for some underclassmen, I believe, and, you know, such of that. But we only got four new names this week, uh, three linebackers. One we're going to hold off and talk about in just a bit. But uh, let's start with one linebacker here, Servassier Dennis from Pitt, right there in your backyard, Shane. He's had a spectacular season. I don't think he's this super athlete sideline to sideline player but we talk about someone that plays special teams solid there good tackler uh high football iq he, you know he was the leader on that pit defense even more so than some of the defensive linemen so i think it's a good ad i'm a little surprised that he he got the senior bowl invite but i think this season's what sold him uh safety chris smith from georgia has been uh pretty productive in that secondary for the bulldogs yeah he, he's he's been good he's kind of stepped up to the plate um, with us, all those Georgia players leaving last year in the, the defense, putting in some new faces. He was one of the old faces that that stuck around to improve his stock. And I think he certainly has in my top five safeties. Uh, I think day two is a real possibility. And I, I think he's among the best safeties that will be at the senior bowl. And last but not least here, uh, a guy who I would have never before this season especially – expected to be one of the six senior bowl quarterbacks and that's max duggan from tcu uh heisman runner up has been nothing short of amazing this season for the horn frogs and is probably the a number one reason 
they are uh, in the college football playoff right now. But uh, Max Duggan gets the call here, Shane, and uh, we've gone on record saying we don't think we didn't think he would be a drafted quarterback, uh, but he's going to get a chance down there in Mobile to maybe uh, sway us and sway NFL scouts. I think the opportunity is there for the taking right now, as it stands. I don't think the, the quarterback group at the senior bowl is overwhelming. Like Max Duggan could be the best quarterback down there. Um, depending on, you know, do we get Will Levis? Do we get Jaron Hall? We'll see. Um, I mean, the toughness, the athleticism, I think he can sell himself to get drafted late uh, and be on the NFL team. So I've, uh, you know, I need to go back and watch him. He's kind of one of those players. Obviously I've seen TCU games. You're watching the quarterback, but not really with that type of eye in mind. So he could be a riser on my board coming up here. Yep. So that's it. That's the four names uh, we've, well, that's, we, we were going to talk, like I said, we're going to talk about the other uh, name in just a bit. Uh, but Shane, uh, week one of the college bowl games, we're going to say they ended yesterday uh, based off our timeline of how we do things around here. So we're, we're each going to talk about the best player we saw this week uh, in our bowl games. And I'll start here. And mine was fairly easy there, Shane. Uh, in person, I was at the Lending Tree Bowl and I got to see history, Shane. Not often you can say that when you go to a football game that you see a historic feat. Uh, but I did when Frank Gore Jr. from Southern Miss running back, 329 yards rushing on 21 carries, two touchdowns. He was also two of three passing for 19 yards and a touchdown. Uh, did not catch a pass, uh, sadly, in this game. Uh, but just he had three runs, three uh, runs of over 50 yards in this game, including the one that sealed the record that he broke off, I think, for 56 or 54. I can't remember what it was. Um, it was wild, uh, Shane, to see, to see that in person. Just And his – I mean, he's got burst, obviously. He's shifty. Uh, he's not big, obviously, a uh, bit undersized, which I think is what kind of holds him back from being in that upper echelon of uh, running backs. But uh, what did you think of that performance from Frank Gore when you watched the game? And uh, maybe what is his future uh, in Hattiesburg? I, I mean, you have to be impressed. I was super impressed with, like you said, kind of the burst that he has off the line of scrimmage. Just I thought was unmatched. Maybe the best I've seen from him. So we've been following him. We, we know his dad going to Miami, being right. a, a top tier, still technically in the NFL as a free agent. Um, and so to see, I think Frank Will Jr. is such a very different player from his father, but to see that performance is exceptional. And it's not the last time he's thrown the football either. So, uh, you know, he might be one of the best passers on Southern Miss. Uh, I think you tweeted out while you were there at the game. <laughs> it was their quarterback situation is it's, it's awful. And I really hope they get somebody there. And I know you you said that you hope uh, Frank Gore would portal up to a uh, Power Five school just to you know kind of get that evaluation there. I want him to stay, uh, play one more year at Southern Miss and stay because it's just it. I, I got to write about somebody in my Sun Belt column, Shane. <laughs> so so I need him. I need him to stay. But I found this stat. Uh, CFF Nate uh, tweeted this out. 
Frank Gore, a running back at Southern Miss, has more passing TDs, seven, over the last two years than four of the top nine QBs from the 2021 high school rankings combined. Said, so in fact, he has as many or more passing touchdowns than 24 of the top 30 quarterbacks in that class. That's why. That's wild. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, he, I mean, he's look, he's a football player, and that's what he does. Yeah. He's one of the best athletes on the field in, in these Sunbelt games. And in that bowl game, I think he was the best player on the field, clearly breaking I, I, the I voted for him as my top all-purpose player uh, on my All-American ballot. I know that's generally reserved for, like, your return guys and stuff like that. But I just – I thought he – nobody to me stresses the word all-purpose more than what, <laughs> than what Frank Gore did for uh, Southern Miss this season. Uh, Shane uh, – you wanted to talk about Carlton Marshall, the linebacker from Troy, another guy I've talked about a lot this season, uh, both on this show and in my Sunbelt columns. And and he is the other senior bowl invite that we didn't talk about. A Mobile, Correct. Alabama native, got the invite to the senior bowl after a, a really good bowl game against UTSA um, in that Cure Bowl. And, look, Troy played really good defense. I mean, that's how they won 18-12. to 12. And Marshall was a big part of that. Not, not a lot of flash plays. He wasn't blitzing. He wasn't getting the tackle for loss behind the line, but he had 14 tackles in the game, seven solo, seven um, assisted tackles. And you could tell he is the leader of that defense, clearly has that burst. Um, I, I love the way his technique is. Like he, he knows how to wrap up tackle. He's not going for the big hit. He's bringing you down, and you're not breaking it. And, and that's what Marshall's done all year. I think it's what maybe stops some people from saying, oh, he's this top NFL draft linebacker because he, he doesn't make those flashy plays all the time. But this is what NFL teams need. They need someone that can be a good special teams player that can, you know, get down the field, punts and kickoff returns. Carter Marshall's going to do that. He's going to, he's going to stop that return, man. If he gets his hands on him, he's down. And then we see the injuries in the NFL. I think Marshall can be someone that steps in, and, and just plays so smart and so well and doesn't, you know, knows how to get off of blocks that you can't bench him. He, he's going to be a better player than where he gets drafted, I think, on day three. So um, it, it was it was a rough bull stretch for me in this first week of finding players that are going to be in this draft that are draftable, that are great players. And Marshall's clearly one of them. Yeah, it was a rough week for both. Like I said, it, had I not had this record-setting game right in front of my eyes, I too would have uh, struggled a tad uh, to, to find somebody. Uh, Shane, we generally don't talk about politics on this show, but uh, they kind of uh, impacted the draft this week a little bit. Uh, it's been a wild five days in this process to see it unfold. So I'll kind of like go through it here and then we'll, we'll just dis discuss it a bit more. But, uh, and I, what I believe was the defense spending budget, uh, Congressman uh, added an amendment that would basically not allow, because uh, it started in 2019, they had allowed Academy players to uh, postpone their service uh, if they played sports professionally. Um but in this amendment that it blocked that uh, shaming online <laughs> and publicly ensued, mainly thanks to uh, Pete Thamel, the uh, ESPN columnist who brought it to everybody's attention uh, because this, this year 
we have, and we've discussed it, we could have a potential first-round pick playing at a service academy at Army's edge rusher Andre Carter, who's going to be at the Senior Bowl. Um, after this, uh, they was basically altered to where now they uh, had a reached bipartisan agreement that they will change the amendment to grandfather in the current athletes that are at the service academies and they can seek professional uh, sports and postpone their service. Uh, but if you start going there now, <laughs> um, you do not, will not have this option. So good for Andre Carter uh, to a lesser extent, guys like Kyle Patterson uh, from air force uh, this year uh, who could be drafted late as a tight end prospect. So Shane, uh, unwrap this from your side or how you think about it and uh, what do you think about the situation? Well, I think A, it shows the power of media, social media influence. You know, it's not like the people I think that were tweeting at uh, some, some of the congressmen and women were Army fans, right? But I just wanted to see right. Andre Carter get you know, what he thought he was going to get. And Kyle Pater Patterson as well, I think, got lost in a lot of this. Um, I, I think it was just a mistake to put it in and not knowing the situation. Um, I, I do feel bad for future players because I think this really kills this ability. Like if you're now, if you have any shot at going to the NFL, you're, you can't go to a service academy, even if that means a lot to you or, you, you know, you want to serve your country, um, you just can't do it. And I, I think that is very going to be difficult in the future. Um, and I, I could definitely be wrong. I, you know, it's I'm trying to like find the, the amendment and read it and it's not really available, but uh, some of the reports that it's just the upperclassmen, even if the freshmen yeah. sophomores are still locked in. Um, yeah. So who knows? Maybe there isn't anyone, but I, I do think there should be some type of clause, not even just for professional athletes, but if you have someone that's, you know, going to, in the service Academy, that's a, a great singer. You know, it's gonna it has fame there. Like that, that's gonna promote the service academy. Like Andre Carter playing in the NFL will have more people applying to the service academy that want to get in. It's it's gonna help, and I think that's what gets lost here. It's not someone duping their service, like was indicated in the initial amendment. It is you know a, a player that's that's gonna able to be an ambassador for the United States military. I think I think that is as probably more helpful. Than on whatever service Andre Carter does himself. Um, I can't remember his first name, but it was maybe five, six years ago. It was the long snapper from Navy. Um, signed oh, Cardona, a, Cardona yeah. signed with uh, New England. I don't know if he was drafted or if he signed on or undrafted, but he was allowed to defer his service. But like maybe two years after that, Jalen Robinette, a wide receiver from Air Force, basically got screwed. And they wouldn't let him go. And that's when uh, the changes were made in uh, 2019 that allowed this, you know, the players to go forward. And you're somebody like Andre Carter. You're like, who could have transferred out? I think you're allowed to transfer after two years out. Uh, and he didn't. He stayed. And then he was almost dealt this blow. But now it seems like he's going to be allowed uh, to defer and, um, you know, seek his professional playing career. 
Um, but as you said, this is kind of, it was art recruiting to the service academies was already difficult in the new NIL era and transfer portal era where these, the academies couldn't bring transfers in, couldn't do it. And they can't, you can't receive NIL money because you're essentially a government employee and you're not allowed to take endorsements, right? In theory. <laughs> but um, so they were, they were already t- limited there with that. So I, I, I asked you this, would, and I don't think they will because Air Force competes every year in the mountain West, but they're going to continue to get limited where I think at some point, if they stay in the FBS, these service academies are just going to get hammered every single year until they're like winning one or two games a year. It is a move to FCS better off for them. Yeah. I don't think I'm quite there yet. Like you said, cause I think, they've had success and continue to have some success even without a lot of players going to the NFL or even being considered, Um, you know, but I think what it does do is, you know, if you're there those first two years, you you are getting an assessment of your abilities. If you feel like you could be an NFL player and you got to, you got to get out, you got to go, you got to go, you know, because even with this change in 2016, you mentioned Joe Cardona, who long snapped for the Patriots this past weekend and Keenan Reynolds as well. The, the uh, quarterback, um, you know, they got approval from, from the secretary of the Navy, basically like, okay, that this amendment takes that off the board. Like secretary of the Navy can't even do that now. And I think that's a problem too. It can't even be on a case by case basis. So I'm not there for moving down a level. I think they could still compete, but um, uh, yeah, I, I think there's, there's, like you said, there's a, a number of things and in, in 10 years, 20 years, you, you might not be wrong. My thought process, mainly because in every other sport, Air Force, the Air Force Academy excluded, uh, but in every other sport, correct me if I'm wrong, but Army and Navy play in the Patriot League, right, in, in every other sport, which in football is a non-scholarship league uh, at, at the FCS level. So that, that was where my head was at, you know, as far as a move down goes, uh, at, at the very least for those two academies. Um but, yeah, so I guess good for Andre Carter. Uh, can't wait to see him at the Senior Bowl, Shane. Uh, and uh, I'm sure he's going to be uh, receiving a lot of media attention down there because of uh, yeah. of this. Don't think we'll be interviewing him for the draft countdown <laughs> while we're down there. I think I think he's going to You can do it, Brian. You can do well, it. Well, I'll say this. He'll probably be one of the ones that that they bring up in the, the, the major deals. I mean, they're going to have to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but, yeah, he's a, he's a fun, super fun player to watch, though. I know that. But, uh, Shane, let's move on now to this week's bowl games. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Shane, uh, we're, we're going to have some, some, better, uh, s- some better action because it was rough last week. But let's start with the game tonight, Shane. Uh, it's seven minutes in, and uh, South Alabama and Western Kentucky playing in the New Orleans Bowl uh, on ESPN. Uh, currently 14 to nothing, Western Kentucky, uh, two drives, two touchdowns for the toppers there uh but daryl luter jr uh i'm not i know he'll be at the senior bowl him and jalen wayne both i assume they're both playing um um the quarterback uh reed entered the transfer portal but then pulled out and he'll be back uh for the 2024 draft class 
Uh, he's playing tonight. Uh, and like I said, uh, for, for, for the Western Kentucky, I have been a huge fan of Kalef Halisey, Halisey, the uh, corner there, who is, uh, I believe, going to be at the Shrine game. Yeah, I, I think this Western Kentucky uh, offense now being attacked, the receiver Malachi Corley also returning um, helps in this one. But, yeah, I mean, Luter and Jalen Wayne, the two senior bowl guys, stay in a mobile from South Alabama to go to the senior bowl. Definitely the highlights of this game. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've had it kind of on, but I'm excited to go back after we're done with the podcast to go back yeah. and start from the beginning. Um. 6.30 p.m. tomorrow, the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, I believe this is in Fort Worth at TCU Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 6.30 on ESPN. It'll be Air Force and Baylor. We just talked about Air Force. Uh, the last time, I, the one time I tried to watch them play earlier the season, Kyle Patterson didn't play. Uh, hopefully he will in this game so I can watch him. Uh, Baylor has several prospects uh, to watch. Uh, I have not seen any indication of whether he has opted out or not, but Siaki Ika, the uh, big nose tackle, uh, he'll be at the Senior Bowl. He's the main, the main, the best prospect, I believe, for Baylor uh, to a lesser extent. Connor Galvin, their offensive tackle, I think, is a solid prospect as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't seen too much on this one of anyone um, staying in or opting out. I also mentioned Brad Roberts, the fullback for Air Force. I think we'll get into a camp one of the most productive running backs in college football this year, uh, especially in the end zone. So I, I still think he has a, a spot in the NFL. I always find it weird evaluating those guys because they're fullbacks, but they just <laughs> right. run the ball. So it's like they're not going to run the ball as a fullback in the NFL. So it's, it's I never know how to evaluate those guys. So I just generally don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's one way to do it. Uh, coming up on 12-23, that is Friday the Independence Bowl from Shreveport, Houston, and Louisiana, 2 p.m. ESPN. Uh, is Clayton Toon playing in this one? Have, I believe he, he is. is. Yeah. So Clayton Toon. Derek Parrish uh, going to be at the Shrine game. Uh, edge rusher for Houston. Been very productive this year. Uh, Nathaniel Tank Dale going to be at the senior role as well. One of the best uh, return guys in this draft class. Undersized, uh, to say the least. Um wide receiver prospect for uh, the raging Cajuns. There are a couple of guys to look out for their running back, Chris Smith, edge rusher, Andre Jones, and um, wide receiver, Michael Jefferson, a mobile native. Yeah. And, and it, it's funny because the Houston guys are like, we're playing Clayton tune tank Dell, Louisiana guys, the ones opting out, Michael Jefferson, Andre Jones are out of the game. They opted out. Um, but yeah, but it's your, Two of my favorites. I think Andre Jones is really good. Uh, I think he's going to the Shrine game as well. So it's uh, – I could be wrong, but he's going to the Shrine in the NFLPA. Um, so it's going to be a good one. I think it's actually a really good game, yeah. yeah. You can't convince me otherwise that uh, Louisiana tight end Johnny Lumpkin's not a couple meals away from being an offensive tackle. I'm telling you. Go ahead and make that <laughs> – you ain't going to be a tight end, Johnny. Go ahead and make that conversion now and, 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 and be done with it. Uh 5.30 p.m. on Friday on ESPN, the Gasparilla Bowl in uh, Tampa. I believe they moved this game over to Raymond James Stadium. It used to be at uh, Tropicana Field, but they moved it over there. Uh, Missouri and Wake Forest. What is the story with Sam Hartman? Is he going to be in this draft class or is he going back? Has Nothing has been said, right? 
No, I, I, I'll be pretty surprised if he's in this draft class. I feel like it's either stay or transfer uh, for him. There's been some rumors that he might even transfer, but it's getting late in, late in the process here, so I don't know. I think we've got, like, what, another three or four weeks left in this portal window, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, for Missouri, um, they've got a pair of edge rushers that I like. Uh, Isaiah McGuire is going to be at the Senior Bowl. Uh, DJ Coleman, I believe, is going to be – I want to say the Hula Bowl, but it could be the Shrine. I can't remember one or the other. Uh, He'll be there. And Javon Foster, offensive tackle from Missouri, uh, surprised. He may be going back to school is why I haven't seen him at an all-star game yet. Yeah, I think that definitely can be in in kind of same situation. So far, when I've heard Wake Forest is at pretty much full strength, and Missouri has the opt-outs with DJ Coleman, Isaiah McGuire, who you mentioned, as well as uh, safety Martez Manuel. There you go. Um, Christmas Eve, Shane, 7 p.m. on ESPN. I know you're going to watch this one instead of watching the Steelers, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch this right along with you Christmas Eve night. You know, what's the what's the ratings for that Steelers game going to be Sunday or oh, Christmas Eve night? Man. It's going to be freaking huge, right? We're, ha- we're having my, my dad's family over there. They're like – full yinzers and it's going to be on the tv immaculate reception uh you know anniversary franco harris passing away today it's it's going to be crazy here the, the ratings will be through the roof in pittsburgh big, big number big number big that number but, uh, on christmas eve as well it's yeah everybody's home right 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 it's going anywhere so, i mean middle tennessee san diego we got sidetracked middle tennessee <laughs> and san diego state playing in honolulu uh christmas eve night uh, not a whole lot happening for the Blue Raiders there. I'm going to be completely honest, but San Diego State's got some players. You keep shouting out Patrick McMorris to me, the safety uh, prospect. I'm still a fan of Jesse Matthews, a receiver for the Aztecs as well. Um, but th- those are the, the main guys for me in that game. Yeah, I, I think those are the main guys. I, I mean, um, I like Jonah Tavai, the defensive lineman for San Diego State, a little bit. Um, Jalen Lane, the receiver from Middle Tennessee, probably down the line, could be could be a, a exciting player, but but probably not uh, in this class. Not not in this class. Yeah, he won't be there. Uh, Twelve twenty six on Monday, the Quick Lane Bowl from Detroit, Bowling Green, in New Mexico State. Uh, I got nothing. We got one guy on their watch list, uh, and he's a third year player who I seriously doubt will be in this draft class. Andre Seldon in the corner. Uh, Bowling Green, couple of guys, Christian Sims, their tight end, probably the main guy. Yeah, I mean, this is not not the best NFL draft not, talent. Not 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 a compelling matchup for me, uh, to say the least. Another not so compelling matchup for me will be on twelve twenty seven Tuesday uh, of next week, the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery. I have covered this game uh, in person before. Uh, not this year, obviously. 11 a.m. kickoff here on ESPN between Buffalo and Georgia Southern. I made note during the bowl game draft that uh, I've watched like every other Sun Belt team this year except Georgia Southern somehow. So I opted for this one. Um, Amare Jones, their running back, I believe is going to be in an all-star game. Uh, Kyle Van Treese, by the way, uh, revenge game for him, I guess, as a playing Buffalo, his former school. Um, not much of more than maybe a camp arm, uh, if I had to guess for Van Trees. Uh, Buffalo, 
Uh, James Patterson, their linebacker, I believe, is is the top guy on their team. Yeah, yeah. And uh, probably my favorite Georgia Southern player, Derek Canteen, is transferring the corner for them. Uh, and I think Amari Jones is hurt. So this 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 will be this will be interesting to see if Georgia Southern can pull it up. What you're telling me here is not a lot in this one either, Shane. Yeah, not, not too not too much. I don't know, Brian. Maybe, maybe this week isn't going better for us. Uh, we tried, Shane. We tried. Yeah, we tried uh, yeah. First responder bowl that same day on ESPN at two fifteen. Memphis and Utah State. Um, I haven't seen if he opted out of the bowl game. I know he's going to be at an All Star game. But Quindell Johnson, the Memphis safety, is uh, pretty good. I know Nino was a big fan of a uh, big fan of his, and he he can play Utah State. Uh, not a lot happening there for me. I watched him play earlier this season. Uh, best prospect maybe uh, Alfred Edwards, their offensive tackle, or Byron Vaughn's the linebacker but not a whole lot uh, to go on here for the Aggies either. Yeah, I haven't heard any opt-outs, so I'm excited for Quindell Johnson. Rodney Owens and Tyler Murray, the other safeties, are pretty good for Memphis as well. So that's probably the matchup to look at. Uh, Birmingham Bowl, uh, 545 that same day, Shane, on ESPN. You'll be watching Coastal Carolina and East Carolina. And I guess the big news here was the uh, Grayson McCall uh, transfer away um, thought he might end up at Auburn, but the word on the street is uh, his credits will not transfer to Auburn, so he cannot be admitted, and that apparently is an issue. So maybe not Grayson McCall at Auburn now, as we thought, um, but that's a story. Players currently at Coastal Carolina um, – Probably not a whole lot to write home about. And for East Carolina, uh, don't think he's going to be in this draft class, but running back Keaton Mitchell is a stud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's really good. I, I think East Carolina actually has, you know, some decent players. I, I haven't heard of anyone not playing in this one uh, other than Ryan Jones, their tight end, who I like. Yeah, I think he's opting out of the bowl game. Um, but, yeah, Co- Coast Carolina – Grace McCall was hurt a lot of the year, and they're a good, they're a good squad. I like Gerard Clark, the defensive lineman. Um, so I, I think it's actually will be a pretty good game. I'm excited to watch. And finally, to close out the week, a good game, Shane. At least one good game where probably half the players have opted out. But 9-15 on ESPN is the guaranteed rate bowl. I believe this game is played at the uh, Diamondbacks Baseball Stadium. Uh, Oklahoma State and Wisconsin. Uh, no Spencer Sanders as he's in the portal. Uh, I'm just going to guess that Tyler Lacey and Jason Taylor have opted out uh, of this game. Maybe Brennan Presley's going to play. Maybe um, for Oklahoma State for Wisconsin. Uh, you've got well, Joe Tipman. I think is out the guard. He's I believe he's declared for the draft. And is sitting out. It's Keanu Benton, the the defensive lineman who's going to be at the senior bowl. He opted opted out. out. Nick Herbig opted out. I mean, like half of Wisconsin opted out of this game. So, Well, there went that. (laughs) So we have completely said, hey, this is the best game. And (laughs) it's it's gone. So anyway, that's that's the week two uh, bowl. We promised everybody week three will be better. 
Well, look, I, I got to correct myself because Grace McCall is playing in the Birmingham Bowl. He is playing for Coastal oh. Carolina uh, and then transferring. I thought I remembered him saying but that. But he doesn't. But, but that doesn't affect the 2023 draft class. So we took him off. The so, list. yeah, we took him off the list. So, so it doesn't matter. So that's it for the uh, week two bowl game, Shane. Uh, like I said, hopefully, uh, hopefully week three will be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But look, th- this is this is the situation. If the bowl games don't mean anything, I, you know, I get it. Don't you know? Don't play. It's fine. Yeah, right. you're not wrong. All right, Shane, are you ready? Are you ready to cause some controversy? Are Are you ready to make people <laughs> mad? I think I'm ready for you to make people mad. Oh, I am so (laughs) going to make people mad. My Thanksgiving draft we did last year, you made people mad. I made people mad. Well, I can already anticipate that this is not going to go well, probably for me in the comments and the, uh, on the Twitter, we're going to put up a poll afterwards to see uh, who's top five ranking uh, is better. And Shane, uh, the margins that you had from the Thanksgiving draft, maybe this may be higher. You know, I, I don't know. People have different tastes, so um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we go. Shane's going to put up a poll on the draft countdown yeah. Twitter account after this, and everybody will vote. We'll leave it up for. We'll leave it. I'll tell you what. We'll leave it up until Christmas. All right. Yeah. And, I'll, and, I'll put. I'll put it up tomorrow during the day, so we get you know yep. we get people looking, yep. and then yeah, we'll, we'll leave it up. We'll leave it up till Christmas. We'll, That's we'll leave it up till Christmas morning and let everybody open it. The the the, the <laughs> gift at, at the end. All right, Shane. I'll let you start here because I believe you're going to be a bit less controversial than me. Number five, Shane, for you. So number five is kind of a weird one for me, uh, but this is a a classic that I love. It's Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And I think if you've seen it, you've probably uh, loved it. It's a Jim Henson uh, movie about kind of a Magi's gift uh, type situation with an Emmett Otter and his, his mom. Um, also I, I will say like good, good songs, good puppetry. Like it's really fun. Get, it warms your heart and has the best outtakes I've ever seen of any film ever. If you look on YouTube, uh, because you know, Jim Henson and company were just great at ad living and, and doing crazy stuff. So I'm an honest joke being Christmas comes in number five for me. Spoiler alert. This is not, this will not be the last Jim Henson creation that ends up on this list on, on one of our lists tonight on both of our lists oh uh number five for me because i was told that the uh animated grinch that stole christmas uh 30 minute special uh te- would not qualify as a movie my wife struck me down on that what what so she she made a ruling said that that so that eliminated charlie brown christmas peanuts christmas special and all that frosty the snowman all these were 22 minute television shows. So oh not movies. So in its place, I will sub in the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch that stole Christmas number five on my list. And wow, will probably that... be the least controversial uh, entry onto this <laughs> list. That like, I, I think, I think that I think, I don't think it's a bad movie, but I definitely prefer the animated one. I like, do as well. Definitely. I feel like I that, do. that classic is definitely, you know, the, the classic, right? Yes. So that's, that's how I feel bad at the very least. Number four, Shane, for you. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, number four, I think it may, maybe is a little bit, um, I don't, know, I don't think it's controversial, but I think it can be a little bit weird depending on how you categorize it, but I'm going to go with the nightmare before Christmas, 
Maybe is it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? I don't know. But I definitely the focus is Christmas. Uh, I think once once again, just like killer killer songs, the 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 claymation is great, and you know I, I think you're just getting some of the best, um, you know, just just I don't know some of the best like directed animation that I've seen. So uh, I, I really like kind of the dark tone of it. Um, ultimately, I'm I'm all in for. Nightmare Before Christmas. There you go. Shane goes with uh, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas yeah. here at number four. Um, I originally had one uh, another at number four, and I was informed that since it was called a special, it cannot be called a movie. And was yeah. released, and it was released. I, I would have accepted all these, by the way. Like yeah, it was I, released I, I just a month ago on Disney Plus. And because I felt like Marvel would need representation here, I was going to go with the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that was just released last month. Shane, spoiler alert here, I am not a fan of traditional Christmas movies, as you, as you have not picked up on this at this point in time. But, so, since I cannot include the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that was included last month, I will go with Jim Henson's Muppet Christmas Carol here at number four because I am a humongous fan of the Muppets. And well, you know, if I'm going to put one in here, it need that was the only Muppets Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's what the that is. I guess if if these like specials and TV movies are out, then that is my number two. Actually, is the Muppet Christmas Carol is the number two on my list because um, you've now had to cross off the list here. No, well, I, look, I actually had uh, it's cheating. I actually had any Muppets movie. That has to do with Christmas. My favorite is actually Muppets Family Christmas. Okay. If you not watched the full version on YouTube is my favorite. But, I mean, we, my wife and I just watched Muppets Christmas Carol. So, I'll, I'll take that as my number two. We can, uh, you know, touch on it again when we get there. But, okay. I'm there. All right. So, if that's number two, Shane, what's number three? Number three, I'm, I'm going with uh, a newer classic to me. And that's Elf. Elf is funny. I mean, Will Ferrell's phenomenal. Though I would have liked to seen the original uh, playing was Chris Farley in that role, which I think would have also been hilarious. Um, I feel like Christmas films, it's like really the older ones are better. But I think Elf was the first one to come out and just be a classic Christmas movie. You have the, the fish out of water situation and it, it has that kind of Christmas tone. It makes you feel warm, make you feel the season, uh, but also enough humor that, that I really like it. Let's start some controversy here. <laughs> At number three, Gremlins. It's a good. It's a good. I consider Gremlins, Gremlins is number smart. three for me on the Christmas movie, and people say it's not a Christmas movie. That is crap. The entire premise of the movie is Billy gets a mogwai for Christmas. That is his Christmas present from his father. Therefore. Christmas movie. It hits all the Christmas tropes. It just has comedic horror. Gremlins, number three on the list, Shane. So does any movie where someone gets a Christmas gift count as a Christmas movie? Is that I'm not sure, but this whole <laughs> movie is basically takes place Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So, so. and the premise of the like I said, I, I I feel Gremlins is a Christmas movie, and I am going to roll with it at number three. Now, look, I, I consider it because I, I think Gremlins is an excellent film. So I, I, I'm not opposed 
to that pick. As I said, my number two is Muppets Christmas Carol. I'm with you there. What's your number two, Brian? Number two on the list for me is the Billy Bob Thornton-led Bad Santa. Oh, no. I absolutely love this movie because I am a fan of quick-witted profanity, of which this movie has a lot. And, you know, it's just it's it's just a hilarious movie. I laugh every time I watch it. The interaction with him and the, uh, the young kid is just amazing to me. And I, I love Bad Santa as a movie. And it is number two on my Christmas movie top five. Well, I guess fair. Definitely a Christmas movie this time. So I think that's... That's a plus. I do no, no debatable on that. No debating no, that. No, no debatable on that. I, no, I, no I, I think you have a pretty good list so far. I like Bad Santa. I don't think it'd become close to my top five, but I, but I did like it. So. All right, Shane. Number one for you before I, uh, you know, you, you at this point you have figured out where where number one's going to be. I think I know where you're going. You yeah. know where number one's going to be. What is number one for you, Shane? Like I, this, this is the easiest choice. It was like one, and then let me make the rest of my lists. Number one is Home Alone. It is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. It once again, you know, has the feel of Christmas with uh, Macaulay Culkin. You get you get the violence. You get I, I just watched it again, and some of like the small Easter eggs and things that they put in to really make the plot work. Where it's like this is pretty insane, right? Um, but but they thought about that. Um, I, I just love Home Alone. I like Home Alone too. It was definitely a consideration for the list as well. Lost in New York. Uh, I think I think the uh, there's now like eight of them. I'm sure that anything past that's pretty bad. But um, Home Alone is a inst- absolute classic, and I was obsessed with it as a kid. Um, my problem with Home Alone is I know what I like in a Joe Pesci movie. And, and this wasn't it. This wasn't it for me. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure it's a Joe Pesci movie. I know he's in the movie. I don't think. I don't think it's a Joe Pesci vehicle here. It is. It is not. Um, before we get to my number one here, uh, any consideration for you given to a Christmas story? I am not a fan of, the, of a Christmas story. I'm not a fan. I watched it once. I didn't think it was very good. Um, but I, I don't know. I'll get skewered for that, I'm sure. There is probably no other Christmas movie I've seen more times than the one that will be number one on my list because, you know, it, it's on 24 hours a day on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And my wife loves that movie. So I inevitably end up watching it all the way through at some point. Number one on my list of top Christmas movies. Is Die Hard. All right. I knew die it was coming. We all knew it was one. coming. We all knew, we knew it, it was coming. We knew it was coming. And I, I don't even, I don't care if Bruce Willis says it's not a Christmas movie. I don't care. Bruce Willis's <laughs> opinion on this matter does not matter to me. The wow. premise of the movie is man is going home, flying across the country to spend Christmas with his children. He goes to a Christmas party where terrorism ensues. And he has to kill a lot of people and buildings blow up. But he inevitably spends Christmas with his family, Shane. That is heartfelt Christmas movie all the way. Die Hard, number one Christmas movie. I I really feel the heart with your top three. The Die Hard, Bad Santa, and Gremlins. It's it's all about 
feeling in the Christmas spirit. So I, I, I feel that. Yeah, I'm not a holly jolly guy. They're saying if you haven't figured this out by now. Oh, but uh, that is our top five. Let's let's do a quick recap. Shane's uh, top five: Jug Band Christmas, uh, number five; Thor: A Nightmare Before Christmas; three: Elf; two: Muppet Christmas Carol; and number one: Home Alone. For me, number five: The Jim Carrey How the Grinch Stole Christmas; number four: A Muppet Christmas Carol; three: Gremlins; two: Bad Santa; and number one: Die Hard. That is our top five Christmas movies. And again, we'll put up the poll on uh, Twitter. And we'll leave it up starting tomorrow and let, give you a couple of days to vote on who has the definitive Christmas movie list uh, to watch. Or Look, I, just... th- I think we know what the best Christmas movie is, right? We, we're only sharing one movie. It's got to be it. It's got to be, it's gotta be my Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. It's got to be the best one. one. <laughs> uh, quick score alert. Uh, Western Kentucky is now up 21 to nothing on South Alabama. Austin not, Reed is terrible. Not going good for the uh, – for the, uh, homeschool here uh yeah so believe we've got a couple of uh questions on the discord i don't think we got any on twitter did we no uh none in the chat so let's go to the discord and get to a couple of questions here shane uh sam asked early but what are the weakest looking position groups for the 2024 draft spoiler alert shane uh your christmas present to everybody on monday will be a 2024 mock draft uh, so are there any position teams should be more keen to trade up for in this draft to avoid a drought coming in 2024? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple and we'll see, right? We still have some returns and transfers and all that to, to sort out. But uh, the big one for me, and I think it bodes well for the 2023 group is corner. I think corner is a weak, weaker class in 2024. We have Kool-Aid McKinstry at Alabama, maybe Denzel Burke at Ohio State. And I think after that, it's it's been a lot of – guys that haven't played or, you know, we have the two North Carolina guys that are transferring, like what's going to happen there. I think there's a lot of question marks in that corner position that, that makes me, uh, you know, I don't think it's quite as good. Uh, the, the other one is offensive tackle, which I think will get there. Like, I think the talents there, we have Joe Alt from Notre Dame at the top. We have Olaf Fashanu. Like I think those two are elite players after that. It, it's a lot of questions because once again, because a lot of these top recruits haven't played. Right, guys are going back to school five, six years, and we just haven't seen a lot of them play. So we'll see. Can you know, Miles Hitton transferring from Stanford to Michigan? Can he kind of step up? I think offensive tackle will get there, uh, but I think that's that's yeah. You know, those are the two positions I'm most worried about at this point. I'm going to be honest. Uh, there's not a whole lot to get excited about in that group of the 2023 class right now, either outside of a handful of guys. So we'll see. Uh, Brad Menendez, our uh, staff mate here at Draft Countdown, asks, uh, who's been some of your f- favorite transfer portal moves so far here in the uh, the portal cycle? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think there's been some fun ones. Um, like quarterback-wise, I'm excited about uh, Colin Schley going from Kent State to UCLA into a Chip Kelly offense. I think that's an interesting one. I think he could turn into a legitimate NFL prospect there, um, you know, and uh, I think receiver. There's just been a ton. Dorian Singer going from Arizona to Southern Cal. I think I think he's a tremendous prospect and going to fill that Jordan Addison role. So I'm really excited for him. TCU's loading up. JoJo Earl from Alabama, their, their uh, starting receiver, is going to TCU. 
uh, probably to fill the Darius Davis role. So that that's uh, that's fun. And look, I got to shout out your uh, tight end, right? Jaheim Bell going to Florida State. I think it's a great fit. And uh, McKaylin Castles from UC Davis transferring up to Tennessee. Uh, tight end is, is also interesting. Anxious to see where uh, Marshawn Lloyd ends up. Obviously, the South Carolina running back who's uh, in the portal. Um, I like uh, low key. I like Mason Cobb, the linebacker from Oklahoma State, heading out to Southern Cal as well. Uh, that's going that's, that's a good name to uh, look out for. Very productive this year for the Cowboys. All right, Shane, that's going to do it for tonight's uh, show. Uh, I got some some news. I'll, I'll uh, some very positive news for myself and Draft Countdown. I'm going to break here in a second, but. Any final thoughts from you today? No, I, I, I'm excited for what's to come on the site as well. So keep checking back. And and if you can, you know, give us a, a review on the podcast. It, you know, I know Brian always ends with that, but it'd be great to start to see that as people come in. You know, hit us up on Twitter. I, I want to interact with people. So just want to maybe get a little more interaction. And uh, as we get into draft season, if you want to know what we think your team's going to do, like ask us. I'm happy to talk about it. So let's get the word out about the YouTube channel too. Let's get those those subscriber numbers up a little bit. Uh, we we need to we need to drive this. We're starting to do more um, shorter video content from the podcast, and like I said, we're going to get into some YouTube shorts here at some point as well. So we want to get those subscribers up, man. Let's 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 get this uh, video content uh, rocking and rolling. Uh, some great news, positive news for myself, Shane, and for Draft Countdown. Uh, I was credentialed to cover the Gator Bowl uh, this year between Notre Dame and South Carolina under the draft countdown umbrella. So I will be uh, heading to Jacksonville uh, the end of next week to watch South Carolina and Notre Dame. They're uh, playing that. It's going to be my first time ever in Jacksonville and my first time, obviously, covering a, a bigger bowl game. I've been covered the Lending Tree Bowl. I've covered the Camellia Bowl. I've covered the Birmingham Bowl. But this is the first time covering, you know, what used to be a major bowl now it's not as big but still you know one of the upper bowl games okay that's exciting man i'm uh i'm excited for you i'm proud of you for getting in there and uh, that that's a big one that's a big one i know it's your team but notre dame as well is is uh, it's gotta gotta be tough so i'm excited to see what you come out with excited to hear your thoughts on twitter during the game and your write-up for the site's gonna be killer i know well, that's going to close close out the show tonight. Uh, as always, uh, follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. And follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And as always, uh, go to DraftCountdown.com for all of your daily draft information. Uh, for Brian, for myself, Brian, for Shane, uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Good night.